0: hello out there it's crime and wine this is pamela fagan hutchins without your normal musical intro today because i am not a technical genius it turns out sometimes technology works and sometimes it doesn't today i've got a great show for you before we start that show i do want to shamelessly mention that i'm two weeks into a three book book release i don't normally do this but her Silent Bones is the first book in the Detective Delaney Pace series, and I'm super excited about the reviews and about you guys reading it. So I wanted to give it a shout out before I give a shout out to my special guest today. My special guest is, like myself, a former attorney. She's the author of scads of wonderful books, women's fiction, um, suspenseful books, and very touching books, two of which have been made into film. With no further ado, please help me welcome Barbara Hensky.
1: Hey, Hello. Pamela, thank you for having me on, and I cannot wait to, it's Her Silent Bones? Her Silent Bones.
0: It's a great want, title. Thank you, I did not come up with it. Um, Oh gosh, my Boston Terrier is going to snore in the background. Everybody just, oh, just pretends that. <laughs> pretend he's yeah. quiet. Um, he comes in when I do a podcast. He knows I'm on it and he positions himself at my feet. I cannot get him to leave. My husband has tried to pick him up and take him before and he goes bananas. He's into this. So anyway, um, but it. my publisher came up with it. I pretty much just showed up and wrote the book it. and they did the rest. It was beautiful. Perfect. But um, I am so excited to have you on the show. You and I have been Thank friends now for a year I guess since we got connected with um, some book groups on
1: Facebook yes Yes. my book friends and some others and it's just been lovely yeah a fellow recovering lawyer
0: so were had you always wanted to be an attorney I mean a uh, a writer and were stuck in the law or did you love the law and it just so came to be that you could do both and then leave one for the other
1: You know, I don't know, as I really thought I could write, I was always, um, I've changed around a little. I started my, my professional life as an industrial engineer and, and then did engineering for five years, then went to law school after I divorced my first husband and looked at his lawyer, my lawyer and the judge and thought, I could do this (laughs) Um, kind of snotty, but, um, (laughs) and talked to my mother who had worked as a legal secretary for her working career. And she said, Oh yeah, you could totally be a lawyer. So after law school, I go and I worked primarily in corporate law for eh, almost 40 years oh, wow. um, and enjoyed it. Loved my jobs, but in 2010, I broke my neck in a car accident and had double vision that plagued me for 12 years. But at any rate, um, I had upper body injuries. I'm in one of those horrid neck braces, but my, and I couldn't watch TV or do computer or any of that stuff because I had double vision, but I could walk. So I would walk like three hours just around my little, my little um, HOA complex. And I kept thinking, you know, I really would like to write a book. My dad wrote whodunits when he retired, never tried, get them published, but they were, they were kind of good. And I always thought maybe when I retire, I'll edit them and then we'll get them self-publish them or something. And I walking, I remember one day distinctly hearing my dad's voice saying, Barb, write your own book, write your own story. So I came up with a story and, and that started it. I wrote coming to Rosemont, the first one and thought, you know, I'll publish it, self-publish it. Cause I'm too old to try and get an agent. I'll never live long enough to do that. Um, which turns out not to be the case, but nonetheless, thank goodness. So I self-published it, thought I'd sell 35 books to families and friends and that would be it. But you know what? It just took off. I love it. And so then I kept writing and doing this and really loved everything about it. And finally, right before the first Hallmark movie was filmed, like literally the day before we flew to be on set, I retired from the practice of law because I decided, okay, I can do this. I'm not gonna be penniless and living in a van down by the river. So um I you, you've done some courageous pivots in your life, woman. Well, I've I've done some pivots. Yeah. Some have been <laughs> forced on me, like breaking my neck and well, that that's true.
0: That's not a good one.
1: Yeah, that's not a good one. But sometimes we need that big push to go in a different direction and I'm so glad I retired and did that because I really love the writing life except when social media and technology are driving me mad. Everything else is lovely.
0: We were talking about that before we actually came on the air live with you guys that it's like on the one hand it enables a lot of what we as authors do and on the other hand it makes us nuts. It's a it's just It's crazy making. That's for sure.
1: It's out of your control. And, you know, all of us like to control things. Yes, we do.
0: (laughs) Yes, we do. Well, the the series that that I've read, I've read Guiding Emily, and I've read um, your Rosemont series. And so we're really here today, we kind of planned we would talk about um, your latest Rosemont book, When Dreams There Be. But we can really talk about anything that we want to. So just know that off the bat, that it, the sky is the limit, or the the, 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 the um, vista is wide open for our conversation. But tell, for those of the people that are joining in, like for instance, I see a couple of the commenters are um, people that may not know you, but I know know me because they come to my show. So tell them a little bit about the series, if you could, for starters.
1: I will. So my two main series, the Rosemont series, which is the first one, um, talks about a woman, 55 year old woman, whose husband dies suddenly, that's bad. After he's dead, she finds out that he was embezzling from the college he was president of. That's worse. And then she finds out he had a separate family in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is really bad. That's really bad. Um, but she finds out that he had inherited this stately manor home in the Midwest called Rosemont. Um, well, okay, so now that he's gone, she's got this mansion. Well, that that isn't so bad. <laughs> she thinks, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I live in California, I've got a Forensic, I'm a forensic accountant. I got a practice here. I got kids here. I'm just gonna sell that place. But she flies there to see what it is because she's like, Who is this man I was married to for 20, yeah, or 30 plus years who I didn't know? And she wants answers. Well, she walks in the house, the door closes behind her, and she feels like she is home. That, that experience happened to me in my own home, um, where I live now with my husband. You know, we walked in, it was a band, it was it wasn't abandoned. It was vacant. It was a short sale, a historic home, great big home. And, um, the home behind me is a, is just a background. That's not my real home. But anyway, um, the door closed behind us and we're like, oh my God, I think we're going to make an offer. We had not even looked at the house yet. <laughs> I had driven by this house for 30 years and lusted after it from the outside. So that maybe makes a little, little less kooky. And we did We bought the house. Um, so I follow up, I based the Rosemont series loosely on a lot of um, political corruption. I've, I've always had some sort of crime. As a lawyer, I'm attracted to crime. What can we yeah. say? Yeah. Um, lo- love me some crime. So <laughs> on mun- municipalities that have had all kinds of embezzlement and fraud going on, I read endlessly on websites and looked at council, city council meetings to see all the kind of stuff that went on. So I put fraud and embezzlement in the Rosemont series in the first books and finally wrapped that up, you know, with a, with a murder and some arson and some stuff <laughs> along the way. Could you like you some crime, <laughs> you, know, some, you know, some cold cases, but I'm also endlessly fascinated by stuff that you would find in an attic. You know, there are those yeah. shows where they find stuff and I'm, I have an old house in attics and vents and I'm always looking for stuff. I haven't found anything, um, with anything valuable but I have this great attic in Rosemont so there has been hotel and vintage silver that they've sold and um, it's Hudson River Valley painters and in another venue there was a Van Cleef's and Arpel's brooch oh, that nice. was found um, that that led to the solving of a cold case murder earlier so I'm just always kind of thinking about oh and there's going to be a rare stamp actually based on something in my own family because my dad's business was selling stamps to collectors yeah and my brother and I found this stamp that we'd always heard about taped under his desk uh, under the the drawer under the bottom of the desk oh, we wow! and it was in an on envelope, envelope thank god my brother took the drawer out and found it um, it's in very poor shape. It's Canadian stamp from the 1800s, and there are only two in existence.
0: Oh my goodness! So
1: we're trying to, you know, that's not my retirement plan. But um, <laughs> if it can be validated, it will. It will be nice. It will find its way into the book, but it'll get in there fictionally anyway. So I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff. I just can't stop myself from putting somebody, oh, I had a rare book librarian in the later books in the Rosemont series. I Her cool yeah. name, Sunday Sloan, my favorite character's name, Sunday Sloan, rare book librarian, smart and sexy and fun. And mm-hmm. the prior librarian um, got murdered. And so okay. she ends up in two books getting that solved. Okay. Um, I don't know. I so,
0: love it. So you, you, weave, you weave things well, personally, that I love old houses and we get to go in and we get to fix up an old house. We get to delve into its history. We get to have crime. We get to solve crime and we get to vanquish a bad, you know, relationship from our lives all over the course of how many books are there now in it?
1: There are now nine.
0: Nine. Oh, my there gosh.
1: are nine. Um, I do introduce in one of them um actually it was in a halloween story I wrote and put on my website a um, a ghost a butler a former butler from Rosemont and I never do. I just did it as a funny um uh, funny halloween giveaway story on my website and so I recently I'm going to start book 10 sometime uh, hopefully before the begin, middle of the year I said who do you want to re- return and everybody's like bring back alistair the ghost so <laughs> Um, and I do like him cause he's, you know, he's not a bad ghost. He's a mischievous ghost. He's a nice ghost. Oh, and I always have dogs. Yeah. You know, gotta have me some dogs and cats.
0: Now do, in, in real life,
1: are there dogs in your home? Oh yeah. I, I, you can't hear them snoring. They're not as good a snorer as your dog, but I've got <laughs> a dachshund. I've got rescue dogs. I've got a dachshund mix and a lab Aussie mix who, are uh, they've got their big memory foam beds in the floor in front of my desk and that's what we spend our day. Your
0: co-writers. They're your co-writers.
1: <laughs> they are my co-writers. Absolutely.
0: So We've had a question from a reader. Would would you think of where dreams there be is contemporary fiction, women's fiction, um suspenseful women's fiction, thriller? How would you categorize it?
1: I would categorize them as Women's fiction with a little little touch of mystery, thriller, and suspense. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: what I would too. Uh, having read them, um, and I Thank think there's, did. I think there's such a great market for that because a lot of contemporary thriller is written and and it's not very character focused. You know, it's um, it's yes, pretty crime-focused, and I think that there's a lot of us that like, um, we like the feels. We like the feels, we like the old houses, and the the things in the attic. Um, We've also have a question, does the Rosemont series need to be read in order?
1: I've tried to make it so it does not. Um, Probably the when, let's see, when dreams there be, oh, no, there's a Christmas one, no matter how far, which I wrote as a novella, that's number eight. Okay. That would be one that you could pick up and just get a quick idea of my writing style.
0: Are any, you mentioned the freebie for Halloween with um, the butler's yes. ghost. Yes. Yes. Um, are yes. any of these, um, what I think of as reader reader magnets, I don't yes. know what to call them, but free books for people that want to subscribe to your series if they go to your website? Yes, yes. So, Hold on, I'm gonna put that on the screen for those of you that are watching that on video barbara.hinskey.com. You can get a taste of the Rosemont series free by going and and picking what sounds to be one of our most popular characters, the ghostly butler,
1: the ghostly butler. butler. And of course, there's always on Amazon. There's always the sample that you can read from the front of the book.
0: Are these Kindle Unlimited? Are they? uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Kindle yeah, Unlimited. I've okay. got all my stuff in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah,
0: awesome. Okay, so now that brings us up to the most recent book, where dreams there be. Yeah. Uh, and so why, where what what new happens in our forensic accountant slash mayor slash
1: house restorer slash
0: historian's mm-hmm. yeah. life?
1: <laughs> well, you know, after I wrote it as a five book series, and I thought, okay, good, we're done, <laughs> um, and then it was so popular and my editor said, what is wrong with you? People want you to write in, why aren't you writing another book? And I'm like, well, I don't want it to be so samey, samey that, you know, so I pivot her and Maggie, you know, her late husband, the bad one, she marries somebody else now, but the bad one was a college president and she had been the wife of a college president for years. So she ends up becoming the president of a college, private university, private university where in the town where she is so now she's got a college president and that's why she's got, you know, a big library and rare book crime and all that kind of stuff so she's been now she's a a college president so I'm kind of pivoting her there. and then my bad guy in the beginning of the books, I love a redemptive character arc. Who doesn't, love
0: <laughs> who doesn't love that? Who
1: doesn't love that? So I do have a character that is Frank Haynes, who has been redeemed. And now he's a wonderful stepdad and a father of twins. And um, in that book, he goes through male menopause. And ah. I like to, I always like to shine the light on something that maybe we haven't talked about a lot. Yeah, that's Um, great. I learned a lot about that. I've also learned since I published it, how many people have had husbands who've gone through.
0: So you're hearing from readers. Yeah,
1: from here is religious male menopause. And it's not, you know, it's one of those things that's not very often diagnosed, not treated well. It's kind of like, oh, what's your problem? You didn't have the baby. Cheer up.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Any of those things, it, it doesn't work that way. Right that's not how we help each other. We don't help each other by saying, Oh, this isn't a problem. This isn't a real problem you have.
0: Yeah. It's all in your head.
1: It's, it's all, all in your head. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I love that you did that. And so he's going through his travails and is there, am I wrong that there's also a guide, a guiding dog, a seeing eye dog guide Um uh, subplot going on in this book, yes. which I love. This is bringing us kind of full circle back to the Guiding Emily, but yes.
1: It is. And I, so I wrote my Guiding Emily series about the first one, Guiding Emily, is about Emily Maine, who loses her eyesight on her honeymoon. So she's a young, young woman, newly blind. And also, there's um, a puppy who then becomes a guide dog. And at the end, their love story is the two of them coming together which is based upon a lot of research. And now I've got a fifth one in that series coming out. But I've, I've learned so much about puppy raising and guide dogs and, and visually impaired people and all of that. So I have a young man character in my Rosemont series who decides, who gets in trouble as a young man when his father um, commits suicide. And a dog is his... Just caring for this dog and the love of a dog is this young boy's redemption. So as he gets older, he's like, "I want to, I want to have a guide dog school." And he's and you—that's actually a college course—is how to train guide dogs. And oh, so that's cool. I did parking on that. And he's going to found a guide dog school in the town where Rosemont is. So I keep thinking I'm going to now have some crossover between characters between the two books because oh, I can. Fun. I can't not write about that. Yeah,
0: I, I love that. And, and I find that my readers really enjoy the Easter eggs. You know, when you cross over between series and somebody they really love, but maybe didn't expect to show up, yeah. shows up. And it's just the wonderful feeling. We have another question, and this yeah. is, do you always find writing inspiration from something or someone in your life, or is it a product completely separate from what inspires you in the real world?
1: Um, no, it's, it's usually something that inspires me in the real world. And sometimes it's from something that I've read in the paper or a story. I've had some, um, so the story arcs in the second Rosemont weaving the strands. I write about a romance between octogenarians, um, in a nursing home and it's sweet and it's based upon a real New York times article. That I I fictionalized it, and it just made me feel so good. Um, yeah, and
0: I and so, I like to feel good, and here's someone saying that who just got through writing a series that's pretty dark. But I want it. I want to go on the record as saying. That if you've read it there's plenty of reasons to feel good in this series too but i like to feel good and i yeah. like reading things that make me feel good well barbara this brings us to the part of this interview that we call the speed round and, okay. and yay and we compare us as listeners viewers me podcaster over time the answers that we get from people to some of the same questions okay. not always yeah. the same questions but some of the same are you ready
1: i'm ready that's fine right.
0: okay so um what is your favorite place that you've traveled to or lived in?
1: Well, probably I haven't lived in either of these. I would like to. I love all three. I love New York City, uh-huh. I love Charleston, South Carolina, and I love Victoria, British Columbia for different reasons.
0: Oh, such um, very different cities, but I love yes. I agree. I- I love Victoria for its.
1: Oh my gosh! It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful.
0: And Charleston, I could just eat there forever.
1: <laughs> that that is unfortunate, but that's exactly what I would do. And I love Broadway. I love going to Broadway plays, and yeah, if I had a cajillion dollars, I would love to live in New York, but it would take a cajillion dollars. Yes, it would,
0: and but and so would having a house in all three places. But three oh yeah,
1: yes, yeah, it would. You know, I was only in Victoria once this summer for filming of the Guiding Emily movie and they they we spent a week at this gorgeous mansion where they had you know her Emily's mother's house and I'm like just pretending this is my house <laughs> right on the ocean and all this kind of stuff. Um yeah
0: I I went there when um I guess my first child was about one and we did the killer whale boats and we went out on kayaks to see yeah. the seals and the sea lions and it was just such it was cold, but it was such oh, yeah. great sea life and so green and beautiful in the old Victorian houses and mansions and things. It was really yeah. cool. okay. So next question yeah. sushi sushi or pizza. Oh pizza. Pizza. Okay. Pizza for me. and you can eat at my house um plotter (laughs) or pantser
1: oh I'm a plotter I thought
0: you would be are you um I am until I can't take it anymore and then I just go off in a direction that I I regret and have to go back to my outline and and do it again yes
1: been there done that yeah
0: never goes well um and um are you uh you do you have a particular writing outfit how do you what do you wear when you write your best?
1: When I write my best, I would be in sweats in the winter or you know, comfy, comfy, yeah. comfy, or joggers, a t-shirt. <laughs> um, if I'm putting on the dog, I'll put on a necklace. But you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fancy kind of gal.
0: I've got on my Taylor Swift um, bookcase sweatshirt today. I
1: love that.
0: It's her albums as um, as books, since they oh, all tell cute. stories. There you go um so um now with uh with ha- it's happy hour what are you ordering at happy hour or what is maggie ordering at happy hour you can pick either one of you and order a drink for you
1: oh. what is maggie ordering she might be ordering a little glass of white wine i was thinking yeah probably a little glass of white wine I would honestly, I don't, I don't drink. I don't like the taste of alcohol. I never have, so I would be ordering diet coke. I'm not very fashionable at happy hour, but I can get, get in. I can get get myself into some appetizers. I yeah. love a garden board. I love hummus and all that stuff.
0: I want to save most of my calories for the food too. Although I do yeah. like grapefruit juice. Um, all yeah. right, so yeah. you win the lottery the first five things you spend your winnings on would be five or thereabouts
1: B I I would um, pay off my house. I would make a $2 million donation to the foundation for blind children. Cause that's one of my life goals. I'm made progress on that. Cause I donate half my royalties from guiding Emily to the foundation, but I'm not close to f- 2 million. 100
0: that's wonderful. I would
1: buy a house in Victoria if the Canadian government would let me. Right now there's a prohibition on that. I would, not necessarily in this order, I would establish a trust fund for my grandchildren and children's education. And I would probably um, donate to some of the seeing eye organizations. I love that.
0: So you guys have I'm sure gotten a good flavor for from uh, from this about Barbara. First of all, huge heart, um, huge heart. Second of all, very smart woman who's very accomplished. And third, has written books that we want to read. So I'm recommending, I'm going to get the website back up on the page here, that you guys go out and check. start by checking out her website. Is there any other place you'd really like to direct people to go to learn more about you or your books or...
1: I think other than the website, um, I'm on Facebook at B Hinsky and you know, Amazon, I'm on Amazon. So you can really find out about the books there. You can find out more about me on me personally on Facebook and on my website. Awesome.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming today so much. Thank you. you. And thank you for putting up the dog. I'm giving him a dirty look, the dog.
1: (laughs) Nothing more comforting.
0: I think that he is great. We have um we have a um reader that's saying thank you. So th- I'll thank say you. it. Back. Thank you readers very much. You're the reason no that it. we're able to write, you're the reason that we're able to come on and talk to you. There's nobody in the mor- more in the world that we love more than readers who love books. I think yes. we count ourselves as one of those too. So, we'll always find very a barber now. And I'll do the wrap up of the show that's boring and she doesn't have to sit through. So thank you again.
1: Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Have a nice evening. A-
0: Oops, I hit that too soon. Literally, she was still talking. That's how good I am at this today, you guys. i actually really bad at this today. So the things that you know I have to do at the end of the show... Crime and Wines, copyrighted by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network, a digital media corporation with over 4 million viewers and listeners in 153 plus com- countries. You can find my books in ebook, paperback, hardcover, large print, and audiobooks. Ask your library or bookstore to order them if you want to go that route, or you can find them anywhere online. And you can watch past shows. You can see my upcoming show schedule. And Prep by reading the books that those authors are coming to talk about by going to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. That is all I have for you guys today. I really appreciate you being here with me, especially as I was technically uncoordinated by you guys. Go read a good book.